It's pointless. It's irrelevant. It's things that matter with Mike and Nev. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's things that matter with Mike and Nev. I'm Nevin Barrage. He's Michael Feldman. Things that matter with Mike and Nev can be found on Spotify. Do a search for things that matter. You'll see the giraffe. That's us. Mike, I am totally excited about uh, today's episode. We're going to be talking about the new Matrix movie coming out, Matrix Revolutions, out in theaters December 22nd, as well as uh, street, available via streaming online at hbomax.com. That's how I'll be watching it. And Mike, you know, one of the things I love about The Matrix, funny enough, is as many times as I've watched the trilogy, I still don't fully understand it. And when I was watching the latest trailer for the new Matrix, I thought to myself, this is awesome. I can't wait to see it. Still don't really fully understand what's going on. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, it's it definitely it got definitely got much more uh, complicated, you know, as as the movies progressed. I mean, I think I think the first movie was pretty coherent. Right. Agreed. I mean, agreed. You know, like like it was I mean, it was it was, you know, it was neat and and and, you know, and, and exciting and, and, you know, provocative. But it wasn't like it wasn't like hard to follow. No, it was know? not. That's but true. then you get to the then you get to the second and third movies and it just like the lore just gets out of control with mm. like all the all the stuff going on and like the characters, you know, I don't know. Yeah, just adding all these new characters like the architect and all that mm. stuff. I mean, it was yeah, it was pretty wild. It's funny you mentioned the architect because that's where I feel the trilogy kind of splits off into two different fan camps. You, sure. you have the scene at the end of Matrix Reloaded, the second one, where uh, Neo meets the architect, basically the maker of the Matrix, and Neo is finds out that he's not special, he's the sixth quote-unquote one, and basically what's going on is just an anomaly that the Matrix can't destroy, and so the system consistently reboots. Uh, so I basically, I, th I basically, I think I have that right. <laughs> if, if I'm following it correctly, I, sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm. Who am I to argue? Right. But what's great about that scene, a couple things, at least for me, was that one. I remember going into that scene having absolutely no idea what to expect. There really was no tip-offs, uh, tip-offs during the uh, uh, second movie as to what you were going to see. Yeah. And then when it does happen, you have people like myself who absolutely love the scene and were just so into it, and other people that just shit all over the scene and felt it was a cop-out. And I think with those camps, depending on your reaction, that's how you kind of feel Matrix uh, Revolution. The third one was yeah. that I think for the people who love that scene at the end of the second one, they they weren't thrilled with the third one but it was okay versus the people who hated that scene at the end of two they absolutely hated the third one even more right well I, you know and, it, and it's funny i mean i uh you know i remember watching the the second one well, i mean i watched them all in theaters but i remember watching the second one in theaters you know with a with a pretty you know excited crowd right you know it's like opening week so you know there weren't any you know spoilers really about what was coming and and yeah i mean i remember like you know the freeway scene you know mm -hmm. people were just you know blown away by it everyone was super excited you know you know it was a pretty raucous crowd and then like yeah the scene with the architect and neo like it was like stone cold silence right in the in the theater during that and then somebody you know in the back yelled out like you know what the fuck is this or something <laughs> you, know, and, you know and it just like and it was great like everybody started cracking up you know, perfect. but it was um uh but yeah i mean it, you know you're right like like i think the you know the Matrix movies are so interesting, right? Because they're they're really trying to do something uh, that that I just think is is super rare and also really tough to do, which is like be 
you know, action films that are also philosophical. Yes. Right. And that, and that is just, and, and so, and it's interesting because I think that, that, you know, sometimes they're really like amazing at it, you know, like, like they, like they do these scenes that are both really, you know, action packed and exciting, but also kind of profound and, you know, and moving. And then, but then there's also some imbalance there, you know, where mm-hmm. you have like, you know, like, I, I don't know, like you have that, the architect scene, which is, which is really neat and well-written and acted and everything's good, but it's just kind of like, it just goes on and on and on, you know, there's no real, there's no real balance to it. There, there's not. And the thing was, I, that one of the things I would have loved, I think would have helped the movie. I would have loved to have seen that scene and that character fleshed out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I understand why they didn't, if I remember correctly, you only see that character again at the very end of the, of the third one. So yeah, you basically yeah. see that character yeah. twice. Right. And the second right. one, the second time you see him, it's kind of anticlimactic. I would have loved to have seen more of him in the third one because I just, again, I, I was so, I was of, of the blown away like scene, but I remember watching that scene and like also being in silence. So I'm trying to process what's going on. Right. And I'm just, but like in my head, I was like, oh my God, this is just like incredible. And I have no idea now what's going to, what, what's going to happen. So I was blown away by that scene. I just would have loved to have seen uh, more of it, but it was, um, it's funny, my biggest problem with the trilogy actually had nothing to do with that scene. It was uh, the use of Agent Smith, uh, who was played by, Hugh, what's his guy's name, Hugo, what's his last name? Uh, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving, thank you. Uh, who was, did a fantastic, he really is a fantastic name. Yeah. And he, and he, I actually kind of like the name Hugo. Yeah, a strong sure. name. Sure. He's a, a Australian, I want to say the the actor. So I mean, I feel like that. I feel like that's a more Australian name than than you know. I'll buy that. American. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. So, anyways, um, I loved this. Absolutely loved this character. He was he was may may have been the most iconic character in the Matrix. I I, I don't think it's a far so, a far yeah. fetched claim outside I, of Neo and Morpheus. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. But I really well, think like more than anybody, yeah. he that character really made uh, its mark on the movie. My biggest problem was uh, the use use of the character in the second and third ones. Specifically, you got that scene in the second one where Neo is fighting off literally hundreds of Agent Smiths. Yeah. But then later on in that movie and into the third movie, you realize that he's become this rogue program that the Matrix itself can't control, and thus he's has the power potentially to take down the Matrix entirely. And that's kind of where the movie lost me. Because I was like, wait a minute. I just saw Neo beat the shit out of hundreds of these things, okay? And you can tell me about philosophy and this and that and the other thing, but I also got to believe what I see with my own eyes. And what I've just seen with my own eyes is him beating the shit out of hundreds of Agent Smiths. So when you get to the last fighting scene in the third one between one Neo and one Agent Smith, it's just hard for me to buy that. This yeah. is like, that, that was that was my biggest problem. And again, that's it's I, I get it from a philosophical standpoint, but just listen from a physical what I'm seeing with my own eyes. It, it, it was it was hard to really believe and get into. You know, there are I, I have two thoughts about that really quick. One is just that I think I have a feeling that like they they, you know, for the second movie when he's fighting a, a ton of the, the Agent Smiths, they almost did that because it was cool looking. Mm-hmm. Right. In a sure. way. Right. It maybe didn't actually make sense with what they had, they were going for eventually with the, you know, with the rogue program, but it just looked really neat. Uh, so I, I, you know, I mean, that, that does kind of, that is frustrating because it like, it's really cool, but you're right. Narratively, it doesn't really make any sense. But, um, I, I just also, when you're, when you're talking about this, it made me flashback. This is a common problem I find in, of all things, video games, mm-hmm. right. That are like, like, especially video games that have like a, you know, like a big story, like a strong story attached to them. Yes. Because it's often the case, like, like the one that I, that I always laugh about is, uh, of all things, uh, I don't know if you've ever played like the kingdom hearts games. 
or anything. But, a little bit, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like the Disney Final Fantasy, you know, crossover games. But yes, but there's there's a there's a scene in I guess it's the second game where. <laughs> Uh, and I remember at the time this was a big deal because there were like, you know, hundreds of enemies on the screen at once, you know, or something like that. Right. And you had to fight them all off. And, you know, the game's not that hard. Right. So it's like you're doing it and, you know, you're, you're you know, you're kicking butt and everything's going really well. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you defeat like 200 of them. And then it, it goes to a cut scene. And there are like four of them fighting you and you're and the characters are suddenly exhausted and are like overwhelmed by four of them, mm. you, you know, right? And it's just like, and it's like the the narrative like disconnect there is just so weird, right? You know, it's like, right? It just doesn't. It, so I don't know. I I just I think that's a common thing, problem where it's like they, you know, it's it's like they do something that's really exciting in the moment, but then right. narratively it doesn't make any sense. It, and that's exactly I think what happened with that scene with the Matrix. I, I couldn't I couldn't have said that any better. It's just like in the moment, great, but. Over the course of the of the of the three movies, when you kind of see all that and like as a whole, it, it just it just doesn't quite work, you know. So yeah. that, like I said, that was uh, my biggest problem with the film. Uh, what's funny about uh, like kind of the story in general, and I was thinking go, going back to the first one when Morpheus is basically telling Neo, it's like okay, you can take the red pill and see what the and you know learn quote unquote the truth, or you can take the blue pill and and not. And right. I, I was thinking to myself, you know, Morpheus was kind of a dick, you know, if you really oh, think yeah. about it, because it's like, he said, no, no, the Matrix can, you, I, it can only, it can be, it only be seen. It can't be explained. Uh, yeah, you could have fucking explained it before yeah. you took the pill. You could have yeah. said, hey, this, this universe isn't real. And the real universe, uh, humans are few and they're being attacked by robots. So yeah, you could have, you could have given a couple of minor details before uh you know offering the 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 red pill to me one of my favorite it's one of my favorite tropes and i mean by favorite i mean it's like the worst some of the worst trope stuff of of yes like like why don't you just tell me what's going on you know like i don't understand can you please explain something to me and then it's just kept mysterious endlessly for no reason you know it's like you know right like that i know yes oh no more i mean morpheus is a horrible yeah he's a giant dick yeah I mean, of course. And, you know, maybe I don't know if they're, they were trying to explain that by him being, you know, like, I don't know. You know, I, I, God, I don't even know, tired from, you know, having to lead all these people all the time or whatever. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just ridiculous. I, uh, by the way, really quick, just aside with Morpheus. Yeah. Um, do you know, do you know, I, I don't know if this is, they're, they're 100% confirming this, but you know how he's not in this, the new movie? You, you, talk, you talk about the character or the actor, Lawrence Fisher? No, so the character. I think the character, right? Isn't I, 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 I. No, I, I believe the I I this is, I don't want to give a spoiler, but I believe oh, okay. I believe the character is in this one. I think, oh, but okay. but it, but it's not being played by Lawrence Fishburne. And ah, based on what I've seen of what I think the character Morpheus is, it's it's a, a younger version. Weird. Okay. I, 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 again, I don't, I can't say that for sure. I've not seen the movie. I'm just based on the, on the trailers, and I think I think I read something about that. But okay. I, I believe Morpheus is in. Lawrence Fishburne is not. Got it. The reason I the reason I'm bringing this up is is that I just wanted to to throw this out there just to show you how crazy the Matrix franchise is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you know this story. Are, are you aware that there was a uh, video going back to video games, but a massively multiplayer like a massive multiplayer game called The Matrix Online that uh, came out like you know like like right after the third film, I guess. Uh, I, I I did not. The only video game okay. I remember hearing about was Enter the Matrix. Yes, which I, I, I actually quite enjoyed. Anyways, okay. uh, but uh, uh, but anyways, 
So the thing with the Matrix Online is apparently it was overseen by the Wachowskis. Okay. Right. Like, I mean, at the time, I guess the brothers, now they're the sisters, but, uh, you know, but it was like, it was actually like, you know, like, like supervised by them and the story was supervised. And in that game, Morpheus died. Like, like the character was actually killed. Okay. As part of the narrative. Oh, wow. Okay. And supposedly that was like, you know, real, like that was official. So if there was ever going to be another film, Mm -hmm. like Morpheus would not be like played by Lawrence Fishburne would not be in the film because he was killed off in this random video game. Interesting. You know, that like, I mean, I, you know, sure. I guess it was popular for a little bit, but like, you know, come on, like, the average person is not going to be aware of that at all. And it's like, you kill off one of your biggest characters. I don't know. It just, it just is amazing to me. Well, you know, here, here's a, here's a thing based, and this is just a guess on my part based on seeing the most recent trailer is that, you know, they, you know, things can be changed. Everything can change. Deja vu. The matrix can change. Right. So, you know, it's, I mean, so I think it'd be very easy for them to just kind of ignore any death that happened. Cause if you remember at the end of the, of the third film, it's presumed that Neo is dead. Well, yeah. That, yeah, his body. I mean, they never say it for for certain, but it, it, it's it's implied. Well, obviously, in, you know, with this one coming out, he's alive somehow. Yeah. So, well, it, all resurrections, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. You know, it's quite sad. I did not even think of that until you said it. But yeah, it it's all it's obvious. You know, yeah. resurrection. So I'll be curious how they how they explain that because essentially you, you get the sense that he's back in the Matrix and isn't at least at the beginning doesn't remember anything so right. but it just has cool. these real random flashbacks so i'll be interested to see how they do it but yeah yeah i know i'm just gonna say it is interesting to me because i really did feel like the third one was an ending you know like like yes. i like I, like i'm not sad that there's a fourth one in fact i'm really excited about it but but i'm also like a little confused that it's neo again mm-hmm. <laughs> you know in a way right i mean i don't know i it'll be interesting to see what it does because i hope it doesn't like cheapen the ending of the third one which i actually thought was pretty powerful well you here, know, like sacrifice and everything yeah i was actually thinking about that uh before the show and i i agree with you that i think the biggest thing we'll have to explain how is this neo come back how do you bring it into the story i think though uh one of the things that the third one gave us was that it wasn't that the machines were destroyed it mm. was that there was this peace between the machines and the humans right. and they remember there was that scene at the end between the architect and the oracle in which you know i think the architects say okay we'll hold the peace but there was like this kind of implied like you know i don't know if it's gonna last forever right. type of deal so they, right. i think they i think the third film did leave that even if they didn't say it kind of left it a little open versus i think i think if you had destroyed the machines entirely then i'd be like okay well how do you bring the matrix back how do you do all of this but if you think about it, it wasn't like the Matrix was being destroyed per se. It was more of like anybody that could get out of the Matrix could and live in peace in the real world. That's that's how I understood it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. You know what you're making me realize, Nev? I should probably watch these movies again before <laughs> the, the new one because I have only really vague memories of, uh, of, of a lot of it, but, mm-hmm. uh, um, but you know, it's worth it. They're great. Oh, they're fantastic. And you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, we're, we were kind of, every, everybody puts down the third one to one degree or another. Yeah, sure. I think one of the other things that really hurt it, uh, I know the actress, the first actress who played the Oracle and I, I, I her. I don't know her name. Um, did, I believe she yeah. died during filming. That's right. That's right. So that and that that was made difficult because obviously her, even though she wasn't in a lot of the movies for the first two, 
her character was so important to the story. So it wasn't like in the third one, you can just ignore it and just kind of move on or say she died or whatnot. You had to continue her character with, uh, with a completely different actress. And you have to explain that somehow, which they tried to. And right. that that's difficult. That's, that's very, very difficult to do. And that you're kind of you're kind of backed into a and I'm not trying to triple out someone's death. I'm not. I'm just like in, in, the, in this no. particular unfortunate circumstance, they were just uh, you know, uh, unavoidably backed into a corner. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I had totally forgotten about that. And that's that's a really good point. I mean, you know, that that's not like the first time that's happened, right? You know, like like I mean, I'm just thinking, um, and I'm blanking on the names of the actors, but like the Harry Potter movies, right? Like the, the, the uh, Richard Harris, I think, played the first Dumbledore, if I remember. Yeah, I think. and passed yeah. away, and then they, you know, got replaced, and and you know that was. But that's, I mean, I don't know that that one happened so early in the franchise right. that it didn't like really make an impact at all. But yeah, when you're only talking three films, yeah, and, yeah, I mean, no, that's a really good point. I, I yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. I don't know, the the Matrix movies are are so interesting to me. Like like they're, I I think they're. I, I love, you know, I, I'm just thinking about them. I think what I love about them, and I, by the way, this is true for the Wachowski films, Wachowski's films in general. It's mm-hmm. like, they're really, I think I've used this word already, like audacious, right? Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. really like, they're really going for broke a lot of the time with stuff. And I'm, yes. not, I'm not confident that, that, you know, I mean, well, definitely not all of it works, but I'm definitely, I'm not confident that even like most of it works necessarily. Right. But, but it's, but, it, but a lot of it is thrilling mm-hmm. to watch and, and just really like, and I'm, and it's the kind of thing where I'm just so glad that, that they exist. So mm-hmm. even, even if the third one isn't up to the standard that the first, well, definitely the first one, but also the second one, you know, is I, I, I'm just so glad that, you know, they, they went for it. Mm-hmm. And, like tried to, you know, create a satisfying ending and, you know, and do all that. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I like, like the Oracle thing is funny to me because I, I was just thinking about it. Like, yes, that impacted the film, but I, I, from what I remember, I think they did an okay job with they, it. They did, they did an okay job. And it was, it was a type of movie where you just couldn't dismiss that it was a different actor or actress playing a role. Yeah, it was just yeah, a type of movie yeah. you couldn't just poo poo it like you could have a Harry Potter where there's a new guy playing Dumbledore. It's still Dumbledore, you know. It doesn't yeah. it's, it's it's okay. It doesn't have to be explained. In the Matrix, you you did have to explain it. And I think they kind of explained it where you know the Oracle made a choice and this is how it impacted her as oh, a result. Yeah. You know, yeah, they didn't okay. get too far into yeah. it, but they did try lame. to explain it. That and, was lame. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and to go to your point with the Wachowskis, they kind of remind me of home run hitters in baseball. Uh, when you go for a home run, you strike out a lot. So you're going to hit big or you're going to miss big. But whatever you do, you're going to do it big. So yeah. it totally gets you there. And you're going to usually going to miss more often than you, you hit. But when you hit, you hit. So I totally get it there. And as we're talking, um, you know, one of the uh, characters that kind of gets forgotten in the movie, but I think looking back is, is, is fairly, I don't want to say iconic, but definitely was on, on, on the right track was uh, the character uh, Cypher in the first one, which was played by uh, Joe uh, Pantoliano, yeah. who's yeah. a phenomenal actor. I mean, that's, yeah. one, that's one of the few actors who I literally can buy doing absolutely anything. Oh, yeah. I, I can't think of one thing he's done that I've hated. I just yeah, think he just, he's just phenomenal. And he was one of the guys that like took the red pill, was now in the Matrix, and kind of makes these little, little subtle jokes like, you know, why didn't I take the blue pill and whatever. And right. then actually has the foresight to, to, to say to himself, you know what? 
this fucking sucks. I want to go back into the matrix yeah. and I'm going to give these robots, these machines, what I want, what they want to, to get to be plugged back in. So it's funny when I first watched it, I couldn't help but think, Oh, you dick. How could you? And now looking back, I'm like, he was the smartest one of everybody. Well, sure. I mean, well, it, you know, I mean, see that that's an example to me of like why the first film is so great. Right. Cause it, cause it, 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 I think the, you know, he's he's an interesting character because, you know, because he's sort of the, the philosophical debate of the red blue, you know, the, or the red pill, blue pill. Right. Mm -hmm. Like like he is he is just presenting the, you know, why someone would choose, you know, why why someone would choose one over the other. Right. Mm -hmm. Like or, or why someone would flip. And it's like that that's really like it's understandable. Yes. It's, you know, it's if it, there's a coherent narrative there, the character has a clear arc. You know, it's all it's all good, and and it's like, and yeah, Joe Pantoliano did amazing with that character. I mean, you're right. Oh, yeah. The scene where he's like eating the steak and everything. Oh I mean, God, he's like, know. oh, he's explaining this, explaining like, I know this is fake. I know it's like my brain telling my thing, this and the yeah. other thing. Ignorance is bliss. It's a phenomenal scene. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff is just. I mean, I, I, you know, that's like vivid in my mind. And I saw that film, you know, you know, ninety nine when it came out. I mean, like, it's it's really. Yes. I mean, that whole thing is great. And I think that's that's something where, you know, again, the second and third movies kind of started to get muddled a little bit because they were trying to do so much. Right. Whereas like the first film had characters like Cypher who were, who were just really like had a complete arc, you know, and, you know, and we're and we're really we're really strong because of that. See, you, you said it perfectly. He had a complete arc because he's the only character in the movie that explains why he wanted to make the choice that he made. Everyone yes. else was like, no, Morpheus freed us. But they don't explain, like, why was that a good thing? Like, right. he, like, why are you so happy to have escaped this quote-unquote prison, which really to me was just everyday life, and go into this virtual hell, basically, of a world where you're constantly being hunted down? No character ever really explained that choice i mean i understand okay they took the red pill because they wanted to find out the truth fine but right. why are you the no not a single character explained why they were happy with the truth versus being in the matrix and cypher was the only character who who explained the opposite but also the only character that did any explaining at all yeah right yes well that i mean sure and and that's something you know i i think again this is something where the movies are i i you know it's it's funny in a way like having a fourth film right is is great because because i just think there's just too much contained in the three movies mm -hmm. you know to to, to be, be to, well to have most of it in a way be be totally satisfying right you know because there's just you know and 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 it's why like i can see why they started to expand it with like that game i was talking about yeah. that there was the animatrix mm -hmm. you know that came out all that stuff. like i mean it, it's it feels like, it, but but what's interesting to me about all these other you know additional things like you know like the video games and the and the the, the anime and stuff is that it, it's I don't know how to put this it it doesn't feel so much like like it's it doesn't feel so much like it's expanding on the on the lore as much as like maybe it's trying to explain what's in the films <laughs> you I, know, right you know what I mean I I'll be very curious because you mentioned there's there was so much beyond the films uh, that kind of went on. And I wonder yeah. how much, if any of that will be incorporated with the Morpheus being an example. If, if Morpheus is true, is it's a character is truly going to be in the fourth film. That means that they basically ignored the video game script entirely. And that's, yeah. that's my yeah. guess of what's going to happen. I think yeah. they're just, they're not going to be beholden 
to what other things did because frankly the and I, I, I honestly don't think they should because frankly when it comes to that only a finite number of people play video games only well, a finite number exactly. of people were going to watch the animatrix i think majority of people were going to be who were going to watch this film they saw the three movies and that's it so i think it's going to give uh the wachowskis uh um leeway in in terms of of taking the the fourth movie really in kind of any direction they want a hundred percent and you know it's it's funny there's precedent for this i'm thinking about uh, the X-Files, right, which had a revival, you know, a couple years ago, right, with, like, seasons, what, a 10 and 11 or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, right. And, you know, the, the funny thing is, like, the X-Files is a franchise where I think similar to, like, what the Wachowskis did, that, that you know, the, the creator of that, Chris Carter, right, you mm-hmm. know, there were there were just tons of, like, novels and comic books and, and you know, and things that, that he supervised and, like, approved all their storylines and said, this is official, you know, these mm-hmm. are, like, the this is the continuation of the show. You know, there were like, I think there were like, you know, like, like 50 comic books that got published after the show ended. Oh, wow. Supposedly like the official continuation of the thing. And then, but then when the actual continuation happened, you know, when they were actually able to get the actors back and, you know, and get the TV thing, all that went out the window. Right. Like he just, he just said, you know, even though he'd supervised it and even I think wrote some of them, he was just like, nope, you know what? It's we're just going from the end of the TV show. And, <laughs> like, like that's all because because as you're saying, like how many people have actually read these comic books? Exactly. You know, exactly. It just isn't worth it. So, yeah, you yeah there's precedent. Absolutely. You don't you don't want to pigeonhole yourself. You just don't, especially for, for yeah. such a small uh subset of, of the of the the watching audience, essentially. Yeah. You know exactly. So Mike, I want to end this podcast by talking a little just a little bit about Keanu Reeves, uh the actor. You yeah. know, a, as he uh you know gets older, I think he's in his mid fifties now. Now, I, I love just reading these constant stories about really how truly nice of a guy he is, which is obviously such a rarity in Hollywood. Uh, you know, just uh, the the millions he's donated to charities uh, really doesn't kind of live the Hollywood life, uh, has uh, on numerous occasions uh, taken less money, both to bring uh, other actors uh, into the fold. I, I, one that comes to mind, uh, The Devil's Advocate, uh, starring him and Al Pacino, which I have one of my favorite Al Pacino films, uh, as, as an off to the side. But uh, he was willing to take less money to make sure that Al Pacino came on board, not just because he wanted to work with him, he wanted to learn from him. And right. just what I understand, one of the nice guys in Hollywood, uh, uh, my cousin, uh, who, who works in the film industry had the opportunity to uh, film him once for a documentary and just told me like uh, just how, how amazing of a guy he was just very down to earth very personable and uh, you know j- just like a a, a, a good guy uh, all around so I, I I love when Keanu Reeves movies now come out like this one and before that uh, the third villain Ted because you, you just it's, it's uplifting especially these days to to, to read about uh, just 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 about all the good of a particular human being. Oh yeah, I mean, I know he's he's really he's fan, he's fantastic. I mean, you hear all these stories about like him, you know, donating many of his proceeds or you're giving a lot of his proceeds to crew on his films, yes, you know, Matrix stuff, you know, and and I mean, it's just yeah, I I, uh, I I will you know all you all that you said was great. I don't I I don't have any personal stories about him, you know. So I mean, I just am going by what I read, but I will just say um, uh, I just want to relate one thing. He has been in so many films now Mm -hmm. right like i mean he really is an amazingly uh prolific actor you know and you know and and that i i i I could have this number wrong but i think he is now starred in seven films where his character is named john really (laughs) it's something like that yeah it's some amazing number you know that's awesome yeah i just thought that was very funny but but yeah no he's um 
he's truly yeah he seems like he's truly one of the good guys uh you know and and uh and it's i mean he's you know when he's good in a film he's great <laughs> And what's, and what's great about that, I remember he he got a lot of flack for being a, a bad actor, um, yeah. not too, too far in his career. And I think what it really was, was that he was just picking roles that really didn't quite fit for him. Yes. You know, I think, and yes. I think over the years, uh, b- besides, uh, and, let's, and let's face it, when, when, when the press likes you, they're going to write nicer things about you, even if you're not doing great. I mean, that's just, this is par for the course. But sure. I really think over the years, he's been so good about picking roles that really fit his personality and his skill set. I mean, no one, I feel like no one knows himself better than him in terms of actors. Does that make any sense? He just, he knows what he, I think now he really knows what he can do, what he can't do. And he's just so good at picking out what he can do. Absolutely. And and he's really, I mean, I agree with you 100%. I, I, he's one of those actors where, you know, when you see him in something that he's, that's not right for him, you know, like it's like he's he's not I I don't know if he distracts. It distracts me that much. But, you know, you can tell like he's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. You know, all that stuff. But then when you get something that he's, you know, that's made for him. Yeah. You know, like like I mean, he really like John Wick is, you oh. know, he's, he's great. He's awesome. He's I mean, absolutely it's, awesome. And it's like, you know, and it's like I, I would I would. You know, I, I think when, when he is right for the role, there is just no one I would rather be watching. Agreed. Totally that's, agree. That's what I feel like with him. Like, I, I will, he can carry a film, you know, all the way for me. Like, it's, it's just perfect. He's great. Last thing, Mike, John Wick prediction, okay? Yeah. When, when all is said and done, they're going to make 40 of these films starting oh. Keanu Reeves. Because I just feel like I just yeah. feel like there's a John Wick, new John Wick every couple of years. Or John Wick. <laughs> I mean, he just like this, this great guy, and they do, and people love them and they make money. I just yeah. think there's a cranking them out, cranking them out, cranking them out. I feel like I feel like there's gonna be at least like seven of them, at least seven. I, you know, by the yeah. time this character is done, but I. I, I yeah, I was just gonna say. I feel like I feel like he's the new uh, what is it, Jack Bauer? You know, from Twenty Four. Yes, like, yes. How much, how much tragedy can hit one person, right, before they just completely break? Like, you know, come on, man. they kill yeah. the guy, they kill his dog, they kill his cat, they kill his cat. horse. It's like, yeah, right. It's yeah, kind like run out of animals eventually. Yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. like um that movie, Last Action Hero of Arnold Schwarzenegger, when yeah. he plays that Jack that, that action hero Jack Slater, and they go, they killed his second cousin. Big mistake. Jack Slater 4. That's going to be John Wick. They're just going to like have these random people in his life that die, and thus they'll make a movie out of it, and they'll make tons of money. It'll be great. I can't wait to see it. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Things That Matter of Mike and Nev. Mike, real quick, next week, buddy, Cobra Kai. This is hey, the one hey, I've been hey. waiting about, man. This is, I can't, and this, this might stretch into a couple. I can't, I don't know. We have to see, because there's so much to talk about. I'm, I'm excited. I know you're excited, and I'm excited. I'm excited about Matrix. I'm excited about Cobra Kai. We're going to have a lot of fun as we uh, close out uh, 2021. So, folks, for Michael Feldman, I'm Nevin Barrich. It's the things that matter. 